Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, we made it. We've counted down from 60, and today we are going to get to the top three most valuable players in the Senators organization. And the Senators' rookies are on the ice practicing. We're going to take a look at all the names available on the list. We finally got that list, Ross, but there is one major absent player. We'll get into that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 874 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, a reminder that you can follow the show on Twitter at Send Central, on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. We are free and available on YouTube. And if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catcher. Today is Thursday, September 14th, and Pillsy, the Senators made a blockbuster trade ahead of rookie tournament sending Yakov Novak to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for future considerations. Yeah, I can't wait to see what all these future considerations uh, Pierre Dorian has lined up and is uh, just waiting to cash in on what all these values will be. But hey, happy trails to Mr. Novak. Yeah, it's one of those like IOUs. You know, yeah. back in the day when I was working at restaurants, the, the owner said, hey, um, just put a couple dollars in this jar and, and you can have a drink after work. And uh, one day he went to go, we, we needed to buy bread next door and he opened it. And it was just a handful of paper that said IOUs. And that's what future considerations is for the Ottawa Senators. We didn't even have Yakov Novak on our organizational value rankings this year. Last year, he was 61st out of 64, seventh round pick from 2018. Heck, he had already signed an AHL deal for the Laval Rocket. So the Sens doing him a solid, getting his NHL rights to the Canadians as well. So yeah. happy trails to Yakov Novak. And Ross, honestly, I'd rather have future considerations than any player from the Habs organization anyway. So that yeah. works out for me. I think it was our guy Sens Chirp who said that's the best they had to offer. <laughs> yeah, accurate. Who is the best the Sens have to offer? We're not going to make you wait. We don't have any topic before. We are going to wrap up today's show discussing the rookie camp and, well, the players that are there and the one that isn't. And hopefully we have an update by then as we're recording here just before 11 a.m. So the Sens rookies are on the ice right now. But we have to get to the countdown because we have gone all in on the organizational value rankings. The fourth annual Unlocked On Senators. We've counted down from 60. And if you've missed any of them on Saturday, they'll all be up individually. But right now we have all the way up until 12. Jonas Corposalo there. The top 11 coming on Saturday. Or you could just listen to the episodes this week. But we are one, two, three. Pilsy, how difficult was it to draw the line after three? Because we did move it from the beginning, from when we initially made our list, until we added in the third piece. I I don't think it was that difficult, Ross, especially with um, the said player that moved the line, signing a long-term extension. Uh, that made things a little easier. And I just think that these three players that are in this top tier – 
they all belong together, even though it's early on in all of their careers, they all will be the major reason why the Ottawa Senators will be a successful team one day. And it's another easier way to, to just kind of compartmentalize it. The Senators have three top five picks on their roster. Those are the top three players. What? Organizational rankings. Yeah, definitely. The like, it's it's no spoiler. I think when we started this, Ross, people could have told us who they think the top three people are, and most people would have been correct. Let's take a quick break and get to one, two, three on our list of the most valuable players in the Senators organization. You're listening to Locked On Sense. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. Jace Medical provides the Jace Case, which has five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get the Jace Case is fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, you can jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. You get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. It's doctor-created and doctor-recommended. Don't be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and for their loved ones in times of need. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in hand. Jace Medical gives you that comfort. It's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So you're covered. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with the Jace Medical Plus for our listeners, an additional $20 off by using promo code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code locked on. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace, the only place to go in Ottawa when you're hungry. 1997, they've stood the test of time. That's when Shawarma Palace first opened. And now there's seven locations all across Ottawa. Pillsy, there's actually eight locations. You know why? Because you can get Shawarma Palace right on your couch from yes. Uber Eats. Make sure you use Uber Eats, exclusive delivery partner of Shawarma Palace. But you can also go to any of their seven locations. I can tell you, October 13th in the evening, you can find Pilsy and I at Shawarma Palace on Rideau Street. We'll be in there with the extra garlic, the hummus, everything. It's all there at Shawarma Palace. And if you order, make sure you get the extra garlic, whether it's a sandwich or or the platter. I hear they get the spicy garlic too. That's something I've got to try. But I'm also, I'm a man that knows what he likes. When I have something, I like it. I go back, I get the same thing. But you know what? I've been convinced. The citizens are telling me I got to get the spicy garlic. And that's what I'll do next time I'm at Shawarma Palace. Eat like a royal today. Go to any of their seven locations or order it online through Uber Eats. Find them on Instagram, Shawarma Palace, Ottawa. Eat like a royal today. Eat at Shawarma Palace. right pilsy the suspense is here unless you listened to earlier this offseason well even if you did pilsy and i had a great debate mm-hmm. about whether it was tim stutzla or brady kachuk as the most valuable member of the senators but before we get you the answer there coming in at number three on our organizational value rankings the fourth annual edition it's jake sanderson 
Oh, man. Jake Sanderson, I think he has exceeded most people's expectations in his rookie season. And expectations were high, at least for Sens fans. And I think if you took a look at all the community online that, you know, when the Sens drafted Jake Sanderson, they were like, yeah, that's a good pick, but that's a reach. Total reach. Shouldn't have gone with him at fifth. They should have gone with this, this guy, that guy, the other guy. Who cares? At this point, it's very clear. All of those people have kind of taken back their words. And look at Scott Wheeler. He was one of them. And he had Timmy and Jake in his 2020 redraft as players one and two. Nothing wrong with that. Having Jake Sanderson on the team is is just like we were on board before the 2020 draft. Hey, you need two forwards. Got to score goals. Now the way the team's built, especially, like I can't imagine what they'd be like without Jake Sanderson and his steady presence, his elite speed, his agility, and his poise. That's really what it comes down to. At 20 years old, putting up 77 games, 32 points, was a minus six, and only took six minor penalties in over 1,500 minutes of ice time. He still signed for one more year at $925,000. And he's signed until 2031-32 now. The extension kicks in next year that will pay him $8.05 million. So we've obviously discussed Jake Sanderson quite a bit recently. The six foot three, 195-pound defenseman out of Montana. The first ever NHLer born in Montana. He's a late birthday for his draft year as well. Just turned 21 in July. What does he have for an encore, Pilsy? What is Jake Sanderson going to do this season that you think will take him another step further in this rapid development? Well, Ross, I actually don't think this season is going to be that much of a step up from last season. I think especially sophomore seasons can be so interesting. There's the famous term sophomore slump. I'm not suggesting that that's what's going to happen to Jake, but... We, we've uh, done the comparison with Miro Haskinen uh, a couple times. And if you look at his progression, his big jump, and I don't have his stats in front of me, but I think we talked about it. His big jump wasn't until year three and four, maybe even year four, Ross. Uh, maybe you could pull that up for me if you got it. But I think the thing is, Jake Sanderson is all he really needs to do is, and we talked about this with a couple players, is run it back. That was a great season. A successful season and where Jake Sanderson is at his best is not on the stat sheet. And that's why I think fan bases, when they saw him get this eight by eight deal and he only had four goals last season, some of them are, they think they're dunking on Sens fans being like, wow, overpayment, blah, blah, blah. Cool. You can have that opinion. That's fine. That's you're uneducated. I'll say if that's your opinion, because you haven't seen what Jake Sanderson does. It's that poise. It's his penalty killing. He led the team in time on ice shorthanded. He's someone that very rarely makes mistakes and he's killing all these penalties, Ross, but he's not taking many of them. He only had 12 PIMS last season. So this is a guy that as a rookie defenseman, one of the hardest things to do coming into the NHL from college, nonetheless, he was able to look like a stable vet out there. And I think this year, maybe you see a little uptick in points because he's probably going to get some more power play time just based on how well he quarterbacked that top power play unit when Chikrin and Shabbat were gone. So I think that's going to earn him some more time there. But I don't know. I think maybe you'll see 10 extra points. But what we're really going to see is his improvement and his awareness, all these little things that you just – simply need experience to get better at we're going to see those things improve 
something that really stands out to me is is the trust that DJ Smith had in him immediately. Yeah. Not only on the penalty kill like you brought up, but he also started only 45% of his draws in the offensive zone. He yeah. was coming out there when they needed a defensive draw. Hey, let's go to the 20-year-old. The shutdown pair was him and Travis Hamnick, and now I'm, I'm excited to see him with a, a more – a more high-end defenseman at this end of, the, of his career is how I'll state that. Whereas he's not going to be having to look over his shoulder and be like, okay, is Hamannick a beaver, beaver tail passing right now? Or, um, you know, trying to get the puck right now. It's just going to be, I think him and Zub is going to be a natural progression. Zub, I mean, he kind of is what Hamannick was maybe three, four years ago, maybe with a little yeah. less offense, like, you know, a big right shot defenseman who can move the puck well and, uh, and will help out. So I, I'm just super excited to see what's next. You said 10 extra points. That's the number I want to put on. I want to yeah. see a 40 point season from Jake Sanderson. Hey, the way he's talking, he knows how important offense from the back end is. And we saw it in North Dakota first year, 15 points in what 22 games. I believe it was. Yes. Then the second year, he goes out and has 26 points in 23 games. So he had 11-point improvement in one extra game. So with that, it's crazy. He only took ten. He only took uh, five minor penalties in 45 games in college. So this whole yeah. thing of him not taking penalties, it's not new. And you have to be so agile and not get beat one-on-one because that's where defensemen often take penalties, right? They yeah. get their stick in a bad position and get a tripping penalty. Or they have to hook so that they don't look even worse by getting beat on and end up on the highlight reel the next morning. So man, Jake Sanderson, smooth poise, everything you want in a defenseman. And the fact that he signed for nine years is, is laughable. It really is. When you, you look at the, the room to grow tw- almost by 22 minutes a game, Pilsy last, uh, last season. Like I like that to stay the same. Basically you're just saying, keep doing you boo boo. Just do exactly what you're doing. Uh, that's pretty much what I'm saying because his season, I mean, you don't get an eight by eight contract after one season if it's not an incredible year. And if it's not showing signs of growth and potential that um, honestly, like we mentioned before, I think by the time his contract kicks in, so not this year, next year, it'll be a steal of a deal. And I think sense fans are all pretty comfortable in saying that as well. And the reason is, and I mentioned this before is when chicken and Shabbat were out. So I took a look at his sample size from March 14th, to the end of the season, 16 game sample size. He was is averaging. That, is that when Shabbat and Chikrin were out? I, I didn't do it exactly uh, when they got injured, but that's, that's around the time period. So I just chose a 16 game sample size. He was averaging over 25 minutes a night, <laughs> like, and going up against other teams, top players. And he did not seem out of place. If anything, it made us all look at him and be like, wow, like, He's even more ready than we thought. Like he was not overwhelmed whatsoever. He really wasn't. Like I feel like we're just kind of rehashing the same things because we just obviously went through Jake Sanderson when uh, he signed that contract. But I could never get tired of talking about this guy. Yeah. I just want to see him play hockey again, right? Because we only have that small sample size right now, seventy-seven games. But just knowing that his mindset is that he he believes that there's more offense to his game. That's going to be my most curious moment of this season. Like there was that one goal he scored. I forget exactly who it was against, but where he just drew, middle lane drive 
And if he wants to pinch in a little bit more often, maybe yep. he'll feel more comfortable if Artem Zub's his partner and more of a defensive-minded guy than Hamnick, who I think kind of like has a mirage as a defensive-minded guy. is great on the PK. Maybe that's where he gets that reputation from. But Hamnick's like an offensive defenseman at the end of the day. I mean, you look at it, he's always trying to get pucks on net. He's always trying to you know be in offensive situations with the puck on his stick. I think Sanderson's going to do even better when he's the guy who always has the puck on his stick. And and uh, the skating ability is just going to lead him to great places. So Jake Sanderson comes in at number three on our organizational value rankings. Where was he to start? Well, after the draft in 2020, we had him at number four. Then we had him at number four again after 2021. Pillsy, we had him down three spots, all the way down at number seven. In our, in our last year's list. And I think a big part of that was, you know, not wanting to put too much pressure on him being a rookie in the National Hockey League. But now he's back up four spots up to number three, Jake Sanderson. Any final thoughts on Sandy before we move on? I I think he's poised to have a, a really big season here. And I mentioned I don't think it's going to be a huge uptick just because it's a sophomore season and it takes time to have that major uptick when his floor is already so high. But I really think we're going to see the skating become a big part of uh, why he's successful. We're going to see him put more pucks on net from the point. And like you mentioned, uh, I think we're going to see him pinch a lot more. And the thing with Sanderson pinching is he's such a good skater that even if he does get caught in a bad pinch, I don't think it fully takes him out of the play. He's able to catch up to a lot of guys. So I'm so excited for Jake Sanderson. Thank goodness he signed. That's another player we don't have to be uh, nervous about not signing. So let's just have nine more years of Jake Sanderson. Sign me up. Let us know in the comments what you think of the Senators' perennial number one defenseman. He's first defenseman on our list here. Jake Sanderson comes in at number three on the organizational value rankings. All right, coming up next, we'll get to the top two. We'll recap our entire list and some news and notes from the Senators Rookie Tournament. You're listening to Locked On Senators. All right, Pilsy. Locked On Senators, free and available wherever you download your podcast. Also on YouTube. And the Patreon is still booming we are up 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 looking to make it to full fantasy hockey league so go subscribe to the patreon right now and if you are looking to get some send central merch don't google it go to our link tree and click it there are four copycat stores trying to sell send central merch pilsy it's too it's hot right now too hot in the streets yeah i mean the- I, I didn't think that uh, it would multiply this quickly, but uh, we're, we're going to have to start getting our cease and desist messages out a little quicker here. Yes, we certainly are. Pilsy, do you want to do you want to do top two right now or should we go through the entire list as kind of like a building suspense of how we got here? Let's keep building suspense because I don't think listeners know who number one and two are. I think they're still guessing. I think that well, I think they're guessing the order. We put up <laughs> a poll at Send Central on Twitter. And we are in the minority. Let's put it that way, Pilsy. We're not here to, we love the citizens, Mm. but they're not going to influence our list. We had our list. We checked it twice. And this was the order that we initially had it in. But before we do get to that, let's recap how we got here, Pilsy. It has been a long road to get to the top. And we lost some soldiers along the way. 
These are the players who are no longer in the organization who are gone. I'm not going to name every single one of these guys. Four one out for these guys. Four one out for these guys and these guys as well. Of course, they still have the rights for Alex Formanton, but just seems inevitable that he's played his last game with the Ottawa Senators. But we'll have more on that if and when that develops. Our ninth tier, Pilsy. How do you want to do this for the audio listeners? Do you want to just say kind of what the tiers are and point them in the direction of YouTube? Because I don't think anyone wants to hear us just name 60 players. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just uh, talk about what the tiers are. So the ninth tier, you know, these are late round draft picks. These are prospects that are not really close to being close. They're, as Jeff oh. Merrick likes to say, these are very green bananas. Like these are not close to ripe. They're fresh off the tree, and we're going to wait and see how things go here. All unsigned as well. Yes. Then we get to our eighth tier, which was AHL depth. These are players who are signed on two-way contracts. We're going to be veteran presences, most likely in Belleville. And then maybe they've got NHL futures as well. Then our seventh tier is still prospects. These are guys who are, I would say, Sophomore, you you say green bananas. These ones are starting to yellow, starting to ripen, but yep. they definitely don't have any black dots on them yet. They're not overripe. These guys are still up and coming. A lot of 19, 20, 21-year-olds in this tier. Obviously, Mando being a goalie uh, got a little more runway, but they're all up spots, so they come in at the seventh. You want to hit the sixth tier here? All right, then the sixth tier. These are guys that... The term I want to use, for lack of a better term, is fringe NHLers, right? Like, you can rely on them to play sometime in the NHL, uh, but they're not going to be in your top six or uh, top four. These are guys that they're going to be plug-and-play guys for the most part or a part of your fourth line or bottom pair. Then our fifth here is legit prospects. These These guys are too legit to quit. And we've got kind of a nice mix of guys who are just graduating junior, who are in college, who are in Europe, but also guys who are in Belleville. And that tier goes all the way up to Tyler Clev and Matt Sogard as well. Then the fourth tier. These are NHLers. Like these guys will be in the roster. They will be performing. And I, I kind of look at these guys as role players, right? Like they're they're not the make or break guys, but they do have a role to play. Well, I mean, you could argue uh, Jonas Corbisalo is a make or break guy. He's going to well, be an X factor for this team, certainly, but he's at the top of this tier. Exactly. And then our third tier, the shortest tier, is our very good young talent. It's Shane Pinto and Ridley Gregg. That's one I can easily name off. And then the second tier, Pilsy, these, these are the dogs on the team. Yeah, these guys, like... They're major, major influences on how this team's success is going to be. And we know where they can perform. And if they all perform to their potential and stay healthy, that's a big one. Then look out because this team has a lot of talent and this tier is very talented. Should we unveil the winners like this? (laughs) Well, we can show one of them. Jake Sanderson at number three. Should we start here or should I stop sharing? And here we go. Here we go. Coming in at number two on our organizational value rankings. I don't think he's going to be number two for much longer, but he still is this year. It's Tim Stutzla. 
Tim Stutzless, Timmy Superstar. I mean, Ross, we we had this debate, uh, you and I, who is the top uh, most valuable player to this franchise. And I took the side of Tim Stutzler. You took the side of Brady Kachuk. Ultimately, in our organizational value rankings, we decided to go in this direction. But as you mentioned... Who wants it? Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's a big reason why Brady is number one here, is his leadership and toughness. But the thing is... I think Timmy will eventually surpass Brady here. A lot of people on Twitter, uh, you can pull up the poll now, Ross, if you want. Uh, they would argue that Timmy has already surpassed Brady. But I just think without Brady here and without what he brings to a locker room, this team, this franchise, the culture is is nowhere near where it needs to be and where it is now. Like he, he's the face of this franchise. He's the captain. He signed long-term, not that Timmy uh, didn't sign long-term as well, but it's just without him here, I don't see the direction this team is going. Like sure. You can put talented guys, but Brady brings a sense of purpose and direction and he holds other people accountable and He's just an all-around hockey guy. Like, the, his brother, his dad, like, they live and breathe hockey. You going to save that for when we talk about Brady Kachuk next? <laughs> I'm just saying that's why. Yeah, good point, good point. But I'm just saying that's why Brady is is right now Smidge. just barely ahead of Timmy. But, yes, that is a good point. Maybe we should talk about the guy we're profiling. 78 games for the young <laughs> superstar. Last season had 39 goals. Too bad he couldn't get that 40 plateau in, in game 82 there against hey, Go to FanDuel and uh, his 40 goal numbers. What's it at, Ross? Plus 450? Yep. I'm sending you. I feel pretty good about that one. Me too. 51 assists. Good for 90 points on the dot. 54 penalty minutes. Minus three. And Pillsy, I went, I, the, the crack research team pulled this one out. Since his 21st birthday on January 15th, he is seventh in scoring in the National Hockey League. The only players with more points than Tim Stutzla in the second half of the season, 40 games was the sample size here. Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Leon Dreisaitl, Matthew Kachuk, David Pasternak, and Miko Rantanen. That's wow. it. And none of those guys are 21 years old. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, that's, that's incredible by Tim Stutzla. And <clears throat> the thing is, him transitioning to the center ice position from left wing was an absolute game changer. I I, I always kind of thought that Timmy would be much better as a centerman than a winger. And that's been proven here and being paired with Brady Kachuk. No, I'm not going to talk more about Brady Kachuk. I'm going to focus on Tim Stutzla here has just allowed Timmy to do what he does best. And that's honestly just showing off his pure skill and talent. Like when the puck is on this guy's stick, it's almost, I feel like every Sens fan leans closer to their TV or like leans closer in their seat at the CTC. Like he's just so dynamic. He's an, he's a superstar. Like that's why the nickname sticks. Even fans that aren't fans of the Ottawa Senators, they can respect Tim Stutzla and his talent and his game. And the thing is, he's working on building that game even more. He's become a very good penalty killer. He's someone that provides an offensive threat when the Ottawa Senators are on the penalty kill. And the amount of commitment that this guy has, the discipline, like his workout regimen last offseason when he was in Greece uh, doing all those crazy workouts, you saw the results. Like the difference in how he looked 
from last season to this season was huge. Like you could tell that he put the work in and that he's dedicated to his craft and becoming a bigger, better, stronger hockey player. And it showed out on the ice as well. Let me take you back to the day before the draft, the tweet that started it all. Yes. Top right corner, more like Timmy Superstar, according to LOSP. This was the quote. He's going to put fans in seats, the skating, the stick handling. It's electrifying. I wouldn't say he's a perimeter player either, man. This guy's impressed me with his grit and ability to get into the dirty areas. But the quote here, some would say he's a perimeter player, but if you put this guy in the lineup, there's going to be more fans in the seats it's as simple as that. I stand by those words. Now, three years later, Pilsy, this guy is a legit superstar in the league. He's only getting better. His drive and determination to win, his team-oriented goals, he it's unreal that he went third overall. Now, yeah. knowing what we know now, hindsight 2020, but it is amazing that Tim Stutzla is an Ottawa senator and that he doesn't seem like he's going to be chasing you know, the fame of a big market or, or wanting to be there or there. He legitimately just has one goal to be a, a winner. And his competitiveness has shone through. I don't know what he's going to do for an encore, but I also know I'm not going to miss it because when that guy's on TV, it's 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 primetime viewing. Yeah, absolutely. And as the team's number one center, like we're going to see a lot of him, even strength, we're going to see a lot of him on the power play. And like I mentioned, he's becoming to kill, uh, kill more penalties as well. He had nearly a hundred penalty, uh, killing minutes as well. So, and then in the shootout in overtime, like it's going to be, it's Timmy time all the time. Even got a penalty shot goal last year against Detroit. And like, he just plays with a a level of swagger. I don't know if like, okay, let's get crazy here. Oh, Tim Stutzla is the most talented Ottawa Senator since. I guess Eric Carlson's an easy. Most talented Senators forward since. Like Prime Spezza? Yeah, that's that I, I was I was thinking Spezza, Hosa, those guys. Yeah. I guess yeah, Hosa hit 40 goals. Timmy can't say he's Hall done. Famer. Yeah. I mean, and then I like Danny Heatley was talented, but in a different way. I mean like electrifying talent. So I'm glad you went that way. Um yeah, it's it's wild. And obviously, Alfie was a fourth line grinder that just decided to be amazing at everything too. Um, but he he'd be more in the Claude Giroux style. I mean, just like guys who who bring it with like the game we saw firsthand against New Jersey was like to me his coming out party at the end of that twenty one twenty two season. Four points, short handed goal on a breakaway, just the playmaking. He's got it all. He really does. Yeah, he well. There, I hate to be this guy, but there is one thing I'd like to see Timmy improve on. Please. If you're going to be a number one center in the NHL, you can't be fifth on your team in amount of face-offs taken. And look, he's young. He only recently moved to the center position. But at 41.6% success rate on the face-offs and only 486 face-offs, we got, we got to work on that. And now having a guy like Brady Kachuk on your line that takes a lot of face-offs and is is more successful in the face-off dot than and Giroux. He was playing on a line with the two best centermen on the team that just happened to both be wingers. And, and that's the thing. Like, I, I don't want to – it's not Timmy's fault that those guys are on his wing and are better than him. But eventually that's got to be a thing where in the high-leverage situations taking face-offs – I want it to be Timmy in that scenario. Not that, I'm, again, this is not a knock on Brady or Claude. It's just if you're going to have a number one center and 
someone else has to slide in and take the biggest draw of the game, that's not exactly a great look. So that is the one area I'll look at Tim Stutzel and say, I hope he's been working on faceoffs. And hey, having a guy like Claude Giroux that has taken thousands upon thousands upon thousands of faceoffs in his NHL career is such a good person to have teach you the tips and tricks of the trade. And I think that just adds more value to Claude Giroux on his team. Tim Stutzla stays at number two on our organizational value rankings. He was number three right after he was drafted in 2020. Then he's been number two for the last three years straight. I would say the gap is razor thin between number two and number one, but we're sticking with Timmy at number two on our organizational value rankings. All right, coming in at number one, the top dog, the leader, the captain, El Capitano. It's Brady Kachuk. It was it was tough to make this decision, Ross, but I am comfortable in saying that this was the right decision. And you mentioned it. It's razor thin between Brady and Timmy at the top here, but it cannot be emphasized enough how important Brady's intangibles are. Like, this team needed a leader so bad. They needed someone that's going to drag everyone into the fight with him. Quite literally, physically, he will drag guys into the fight with him. And they needed someone that was going to have a combination of skill, toughness, and leadership. They needed all three of those things. And Brady Kachuk perfectly encapsulates. Is that a word? Is that a word of the day? Encapsulates uh, all three of those things. And he does it well. I couldn't agree more. And Pilsy, we, we talk about the leadership, sure, but look at the progression. The first two years, 45, 44 points. Okay, he's 19, 20 years old. Then in the COVID season, the pace is about 50 points, right? Because you have to add a few because he only played 56 games. So let's say 50 points, okay? He had 36 and 56. So about a 50-point pace if you're in an 82-game season. I'll trust your math on that one. 67 last year. 83 this year. The points are coming. I think they're only going to continue to go higher. He set a career high in this. I hope you guys have some time. Career high in games played, 82 for the first time in his career. Career high in goals, five more than last year. Career high in assists, 11 more than his previous high. Uh, 83 points, not a math guy, but that's like 16 points more than his previous career high. He had uh, nine more penalty minutes than ever before. He had three more even strength goals, two more power play goals, three more game-winning goals, an extra power play assist, 10 extra power play assists, almost 80 more shots than he's ever had before. Wow. He's hit career highs in everything. Career highs in face-off wins. Career highs in, uh, or not in hits, but in uh, in takeaways as well. He's right up there close to his career high from last year. He's a, he's a two-time, sorry. He, went, he only went to the All-Star game because of an injury last year, so it didn't count. But now, officially, an All-Star as well. This guy, he, he does it all. Like he, he really is a five-tool player. And Where I'll say the separation is between him and Tim Stutzla, this is not a knock on Tim Stutzla. There's probably 10 guys like Tim Stutzla in the NHL, right? If not, even a little bit better. But that style of player, electrifying talent. There's two Brady Kachucks, and the other one's his brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the, he's a unicorn. They don't yeah. make them like Brady Kachuk. The fact that he's six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds, also helps. I think he's only getting bigger. You can see the photo if you're watching on YouTube. So Brady signed for five more years at eight point two zero four. 
like he's he's got it all, man. This guy just turned 24 years old on September 16th. So if you're watching this when it's in its individual uh, profile coming out, happy birthday, Brady, uh, as he's just turning. He's got that married man strength, tied the knot this summer. I really think you're going to see the boy Brady Kachuk turn into the man Brady Kachuk this year. My only knock on him, Pilsy, and I'll let you pick it up from here. Stop fighting people who aren't worth your time. Don't yep. fight Jared Tenorti. Don't fight Zach McEwen. No disrespect, teammate. <laughs> yeah, I really hope he doesn't fight Zach McEwen. Again, I mean, they've gotten two rounds in. But he he needs to pick his spots better about who he's fighting. I'm less so about when. I know some fans are like, hey, don't fight in certain times in the game. As long as he's taken off another team's talented player as well. If he wants to fight Jamie Benn, I don't care when it is in the game. Like his fight against Shea Weber or Blake Wheeler, like those guys in their prime. I don't mind that whenever it is. I love it. That's that's just my preference. Hate it or love it. I don't really care, but I love it. But just stop fighting like John Marino. You don't have to fight John Marino, dude. Like let's 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 just work on that. Other and that's why you brought in a McEwen or whatever. Those are the guys who can take care of that. But Brady's just wired like that, right? Like he wants to stand up for his teammates and he wants to do it right away. So I respect it, but we got to, for the betterment of the team, let's pick our spots a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. And and that's the thing. Like Brady has that Kachuk intangible where he's going to piss people off and get under people's skin. And hopefully that leads to him drawing more penalties. You don't want to be in a situation where other teams, pigeons and fourth line grinders get under Brady's skin and they have a scrap and sure Brady beats the wheels off them obviously but then as you're skating to the the penalty box that guy that gets six minutes a night is like I did it I got Brady Kachuk in the box for five minutes this is going to help my team out so much I I wasn't even going to play the next five minutes I wasn't even going to play the rest of the period and what I did is I got their captain and one of their best players in the box out of the situation for five minutes. So you can't let other teams get that up on you. So one, one stat that I'll pull up here, Brady Kachuk was fifth in the national hockey league and drawn penalties last year. Great. I want to keep that up. And if you look at the players who are ahead of him, McDavid is on a different level. McDavid only took 18 minor penalties last year and drew 45. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. You can't catch him. You have to trip him or hook him to stop him. Yeah. You have to. But everyone else in the two to five range, it's Michael Bunting, Dubois, Brad Marchand. They all took more than 10 extra minor penalties than Brady Kachuk. Okay. Brady makes his hay because he had eight majors. (laughs) Dubois had one, Bunting had one, Marchand had none. And Brady also had two misconducts. Nobody else had any. (laughs) <laughs> so it's one of those where at least he's not putting his team down shorthanded as much. My mom would always text me and say, why is Brady always taking penalties? But I think he has done better at taking less minor penalties. And if he's going off at the very least, then yeah, we can nitpick about who's going off with him. But I do think he at least brings someone with him more times than not. Yeah, exactly. And that's the beauty of it. And just like we talked about his big frame, The way Brady plays, his office is right in front of that net. He's screening goalies. He's getting rebounds. He's getting all those inner slot shots. Uh, He's someone that just creates chaos, whether it's all the shots he's taking, uh, the work he does in front of the net, the hits he's taking, the fights, calling out other teams' entire bench. Whatever it is, 
he's creating chaos and he's making it difficult for other teams, other players to stay focused on their game because they're just so wrapped up in what Kachuk is doing and how he's taking control of this game. And that's where when the Senators make it to the playoffs, his value is going to be immense. Like, I don't think that's the thing. We're talking about organizational value rankings for guys that haven't even sniffed the playoffs. Like when playoffs come, I think it's, it's not going to be razor thin. Who's most valuable between Brady and Timmy. I think Brady's going to be leaps and bounds more valuable just because of all the intangibles he brings and the way he's going to be able to upset other teams, star players during a seven game series while also elevating his own team star players during those series. So my goodness, I cannot wait to cover Brady Kachuk on this show in the playoffs. Oh my goodness. No excuses this year. Who won? I don't think I'm going to have to wait much longer, Ross. I don't think it's going to be that much longer. Who it won? can't be. God. We want it. And we want Brady yes. Kachuk to stay at number one, which would mean that he has to take off uh, a very hungry Tim Stutzler who wants number one on this list. Uh, rumor has it he's been telling everybody he's been hoping that he could be number one, but Brady Kachuk not letting that happen. All jokes aside, I bet you Brady Kachuk would be number one on Tim Stutzler's organizational value <laughs> rankings yeah. for the Ottawa Senators. Now, uh, Brady Kachuk started uh, at number two in 2020. He moved down to number three in 2021, but at the time did not have a contract, yes. so we took that into account. And now he's been number one in back-to-back years. Brady Kachuk coming in at number one, completing our organizational value rankings. All right, Pilsy. What, what a deep breath we need to take right now. Congratulations, man. Um, rest is not a weapon. The Ottawa Senators organizational value ranking season four is complete. And with that, we can turn our page to this upcoming season and the Sens rookie camp. And the news just came out one minute ago. Tyler Boucher tweaked his groin and will not participate this weekend. However, he is fully expected to be ready to go for Tuesday at main camp. So take with that what you will. No Tyler Boucher this weekend. Yeah, that's that's super disappointing because you just want to see Tyler Boucher play. I don't care who, who it's up against. And especially you want to see him play up against his peers because – that's where he dominates. Like it, like when he was healthy in the OHL, he was dominating. Um, it's it's just disappointing. That, that is not the news we wanted to see. I guess, Ross, if I'll try to put a silver lining on it, it's not a shoulder injury because if that was a reoccurring shoulder injury, I think it would linger and be longer term. So hopefully this is just a minor thing and uh, he's back on track pretty soon. And where it's like, hey, you were in this tournament last year as well. We already have a bunch of, of uh, you know, invites, like whatever. It's just two two games. But, like, if he's missing preseason games, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough because then he's getting on the treadmill after everyone else is already starting starting to press the up button. They're on the incline a little bit. You know, they're getting a sweat in. and he's, Especially for his first pro season. Like, you don't want to be playing catch-up in that scenario. No, no, you just can't. And, obviously, we're big Tyler Boucher fans. Great guy, great family. And, uh all you said in the organizational value rankings, Pills, you didn't even care what his numbers were this year other than games played. So it's a precarious start here that Tyler Boucher will not take part in rookie tournament. Who will take part, though, Pillsy? We've got a few names that we're looking at tomorrow on Locked On Senators. We will go through our three players 
to watch for the one duo, and we are still looking for full line combinations. We might not get it until after tomorrow's show, but Ridley Gregg and Roby Yarventi will yes. be together. I like that. They've got an invite on the right wing. I would imagine that's where they had initially planned for Tyler Boucher yeah. to play. But, uh, I, man, it's go time for Roby Yarventi. Like, it's, it's go time, right? Three years pro now, it's time. We need a big year out of him. I think we're going to see it, Ross. I think we're going to see a big year out of Roby Arventi. He's very accustomed to the AHL game now. He's got the frame. He's got the experience. I think uh, David Bell is going to really focus on having him be a part of uh, a major part of Belleville's offense. And I've got all the faith in Roby Arventi that he can become an elite goal scorer. Now, at, at what level? That remains to be seen. He's still very young in his development, but that release, the one-timer on the power play, how quickly he gets it off his stick is is a great skill to have, and that should lead him places for sure. So the Ottawa Senators rookies will take off to Buffalo right after their skate today. They're probably on en route to the, uh, I don't know if they take the plane. You think they should be taking the plane though. They shouldn't be stuck in the bus, but you know, a lot of these guys do that for junior anyways. However, I digress. They'll get to Buffalo and they will play New Jersey at noon Eastern tomorrow. They will play Pittsburgh on Saturday at noon Eastern. And then they will play Montreal at 1.30 p.m. on Monday. Stay tuned for next week's schedule. I am um, I'm off on a little uh, wife weekend before the season starts. So I get back late Monday. So we're, we might take Monday off. Unless news breaks, Pilsy and Martian might have to jump on if Shane Pinto news comes over or a trade for that matter. Because Pilsy, Pierre Dorian, my final thoughts on today's show. Um, Pierre Dorian was at Mark Sutcliffe, the mayor of Ottawa's breakfast this morning, says all but one piece of our young core is signed and we hope to have it done by training camp next week. Well, TikTok, Pierre, because uh, we know Pinto's a big golf guy. I don't think he wants to miss the golf tournament either. Okay, let's get this done the weekend. Uh, I thought he was talking about Igor there. Yeah, I mean, Igor needs a contract too. Like, these guys better get in camp. We yeah. need an update on the Igor situation. I'll see what I can do. I'll talk to my people. <laughs> All right. Uh, final thoughts for me, Ross, is happy trails to Nick Holden. Official retirement announcement, but he is staying in the game. He will be a part of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, player development. I mean, I think that's a perfect spot for him. Like he, this is a guy that is so likable. Sense fans, I don't think have a single bad thing to say about him. He played his role here very well, and he's just a fun guy that I think will really loosen up a lot of uh, players coming into the NHL and coming into camps and being very stressed and nervous about how they do. But a guy like Holdy, he'll be goofing around, making jokes, but also has a wealth of experience that uh, young guys can lean on. And I think he's going to do very well in that role. Honestly, Ross, I'm a little sad he didn't uh, take some sort of role in Ottawa. I would have loved to have him here. But as a guy that was early on with Vegas, I think it makes a lot of sense for him to be there. Yeah, it totally does. And and as we said at the end of the year, we're like, yeah, I think, you know, the two years they played his course, we'd rather, you know, have, have Hamannick in that seventh yeah. defenseman type role. But we, we had our, our reference letter all ready to go for Nick yep. Holden, right? And glad uh, they didn't even call us. They didn't need it. 
but they were, able to, uh, they were able to hire him. So that's all good. So busy weekend, even though I'm, I'm going away, we're recording three shows today and those will all be ready for you throughout the weekend. We've got today's episode you're listening to right now. We've got an episode tomorrow that's going to drop at 6 a.m. Three players to watch for at Rookie Tournament. That episode did really good when we did it last year. Just a little primer. All the games, by the way, are available on the Buffalo Sabres YouTube channel. You know what? I will put a description in the description of today's show and tomorrow's show. I will put a link to the Buffalo Sabres YouTube. Man of the people, Ross. Making it nice and easy for everyone to go check that out. And then... The return. Pilsy, you know, he put it off as long as he could. He's the champion, the reigning winner of the Ring of Honor. We will have our top moments from last season as our Ring of Honor to do this weekend as we turn the page here as a a transitional phase into year five of the Locked On Senators podcast. For today, though, we say goodbye. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.